Welcome to Martyrs and Psychopaths. I'm your host, Maria. I am your co-host, D. <laughs> and I'm the third host, Nick. Woo! Yeah! Yeah. yeah. Three of us today. <clears throat> Musketeers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know there was four, which I never understood. Well, D'Artagnan was the fourth. There were three before D'Artagnan, and then he picked a fight with all of them. We could talk about this off the air, mm-hmm. Nick. We okay. had a podcast episode about this. I think we did. A long time ago. <laughs> did we? <laughs> I know we've talked about it before. Have, have I, I still shown... don't get it. <laughs> Really? Mm-hmm. Have I shown like my nerdy Dumas obsession? I probably. Oh, good. Jeez. I'm glad that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. At least only people I know listen to this podcast, so that's fine. <clears throat> so hey, uh, we're a podcast about law school and stuff because I'm in that, unfortunately, forever, and it doesn't feel like I'm ever ending. Nick and, and I are the day are the gatekeepers. I thought I was gonna say daykeepers. The daykeepers. The gatekeepers. Are yes. you? What are you keeping the gate to? The song that never ends, oh. like law school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You painted yourself into a corner there, but Nick painted you out. Thank you. Yeah. We had paint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our clueless, bumbling selves know nothing about law school, but that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can share my pain. Isn't that nice? Um. <clears throat> so each week we have a new topic for an episode, and. Uh, before we get to the topic today, which you guys don't know, but is secretly stowed in my brain, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about a couple of deaths in the world of law. Um, so, as you guys know, I attend Drang, a totally fictitious law school, but in a parallel dimension, um, <laughs> there's a professor who uh, sort of crossed paths to Drang. He, uh, his name was Federico Cheever. He was a professor of law at the University of Denver Sturm College, and he taught property um, in that dimension and also in ours. And he passed away this past weekend. Um, he taught property, and he was an amazing person. Um, he graduated from Stanford and UCLA for his JD. He clerked for Judge Harry Pregerson of the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in Los Angeles. Um, He was an associate attorney for the Sierra Club Legal Defense Fund, and he'd been in Denver since then. In 1990, he commuted to Boulder to be a research fellow at the Natural uh, Resources Law Center at the University of Colorado School of Law, and he was an associate at a firm... um, doing commercial and environmental litigation. He began teaching at the University of Denver Law School in 93. Um, He's had a specialization in environmental law, wildlife law, uh, public land law, land conservation transactions, and property. He was a Hughes-Rudd research professor at the University of Denver in 2002, and uh, he was a visiting fellow at Queen Mary and Westfield College at the University of London. He was a visiting professor at Northwestern, Lewis and Clark in... uh, summer of 2005 he was a research fellow at the australian national university and he served as an adjunct at mines teaching environmental law he um jesus was an amazing human being. yeah he just yeah. keeps going he, he really he had an amazing career he was a great professor of property um he kind of changed my view toward transactional work because i know that you guys know and listeners of the podcast know that i worked at a a civil litigation firm prior to moving to my current position and I never really thought about transactional work which is effectively like the difference between being a barrister and a solicitor in the English system so like barristers go to court solicitors kind of deal with paperwork and stuff the same thing in America 
as like litigators and transactional attorneys, um, Professor Cheever said, and I'll never forget this, that litigators um, tear things down in a contentious system. You know, they break things apart. But transactional attorneys can walk through a mall and look around and say, like, I built this. Like, it's because of me that all these stores can be here and all these people have jobs. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he really taught me kind of the power that a lawyer can have, I guess, when when they want to create instead of destroy, which was really interesting. And he was just an amazing guy. Like, he had a great laugh. Uh, He did this weird Scooby-Doo impression. (laughs) (laughs) when something was confusing in property which is often um i don't know uh he passed away at a rafting accident with his family over the weekend and last weekend the 10th of june um and they sent an email to us and it's really really fucking sad guys yeah i'm sorry like how how long have you known him um, well, I met him at the Tribal Wills program the first year I went. He So he donated his time to, to help tribe members have wills, which is an amazing um, task, I guess. It's a good calling. And he was all about, I don't know, water law, water law rights and environmental law and uh, preserving what's in the world. So it was really, really sad to hear that he passed. And it also made me think, like, I've talked to a few people about this, um, that you really have to do what you want to do when you can, because our time is short. So, I don't know, I guess maybe a moment of silence for him. Is that appropriate? Let's take a moment of silence. Yeah. Okay. Um... Also, it was another famous lawyer passed away on the same weekend. (laughs) So it's just really fucking sad. Um, UC Berkeley's uh, Herma Hill K. She was the first woman to be like the the president of a law school. Okay. She changed the way um, she was instrumental in changing the way a certain type of family law is done. Like she uh, spearheaded basically no fault divorce in the state of California, um, which prior to that kind of statute, you, uh, one party had to talk to the other party and like somebody had to be at fault for the marriage to fall apart. Hmm. And she was the one who said like, no, like sometimes things just end. Um, she was a close friend of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's who's an amazing human being and anyone who's friends with her is just fantastic um she taught Berkeley law classes for almost 57 years oh wow and she was the second female law professor at Berkeley ever in 1960 and when she was appointed only 14 women had gained tenure at United States law schools and they were uh, the subject of a book she had almost completed by by the time she died she mentored women in law and she just like fought to crush that grass that grass ceiling the glass ceiling (laughs) (laughs) that still exists there so yeah she was she was described as wonderful and somewhat terrifying Uh, she set high standards apparently um top property and she she helped other people succeed so she was one of those leaders who not only like has their own success but pulls other people up which is an amazing thing so yeah i don't know it was just a sad weekend for in the world of law 
It sounds like it, but you know, <clears throat> it's still a good thing that these people were even alive to begin with because I'm sure they changed so much and did a lot of good that, you know, we still have to appreciate them being here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they had a lot of accomplishments and, and definitely made the world a better place while they were in it. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, on that very light note, <laughs> uh, let's circle around to our topic for today. So, um, this kind of came to me when I was sitting in my legal profession class, which is the ethics class that we're required to take, and for the MPRE, which is the ethics test that we have to take. And we were talking about like this sort of middle ground between lawyers and common people, because lawyers have what amounts to a monopoly over the legal system. Because if you practice law and you don't have a license, you're subject to fines, you're possibly subject to litigation, which is one of the reasons we have our like really long fucking disclaimer at the end of every episode. That this is not legal advice and we are not entering into a lawyer-client relationship with any of our lovely listeners, nor with either of you guys. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> darn. I know. Um, because I'm not authorized to practice law. And even if I were, I would not be, it would not be a good practice of law to like throw advice at people willy nilly. Um, but actually in the UK, the solicitor's regulation authority, um, that oversees the legal profession in England and Wales enacted an overhaul of legal training and solicitor licensure to take effect in 2020. So like I just said a few minutes ago, the difference between a barrister and a solicitor in the United Kingdom is that barristers are the people who go to court who actually sue people. Solicitors deal with more of the paperwork, like kind of what I do in a transactional firm. And they're basically saying that in place of the competency-based examination, um, well, they, they're replacing the requirement that solicitors must have a law degree, firstly, and they're putting in a competency-based like test to make sure that solicitors are capable of practicing law at the level at which they will be practicing law for the rest of their careers, but taking away the requirement to have the full legal education. That's pretty cool. So yeah. like, anyone can just do it. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, anyone's smart enough. Yeah. But, and, and now anyone could be a lawyer too, but like it takes a lot of school, a lot of money and all the lovely heartache and headache and shit that we've been talking about <laughs> thus far on Martyrs and Psychopaths. So the United Kingdom actually found a way around the problem in the legal profession of like people not all wanting to be, you know, going to court representing someone for whatever they may want to be represented for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a pretty big problem nationwide in the state of Colorado, for example, there are about 500 public defenders. So like as a result of the case, Gideon v. Wainwright, I I feel like I'm losing you guys. Do you guys have questions or? That just is 500, like a good number. That seems kind of small. Yeah, it is small. That's the total number of public defenders approximately in the state of Colorado. So if you're, you know, jailed for a crime, right, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and you have a court date, a public defender will defend you if you can't afford a lawyer, yeah. right? There are 500 of them serving the needs of the entire population of Colorado, approximately, right? Um, on criminal matters only. So they're like busy. 
Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, busy. they have insane caseloads. Um, that's one of the jobs that a first year law student or a first year law student, not first year <laughs> law student, but like oh, a God. a first year lawyer, like newly minted, can go out and get. Gotcha. Because um, no one else wants it. Basically, but yeah. also it gives you a lot of exposure to different kinds of cases. It gives you a lot of um, exposure to the courtroom setting, the rules of evidence. You really hammer those down and all of that. But and uh, the reason that there are so many so many public defenders is because of a case called Gideon v. Wainwright, which is a United States Supreme Court case. Okay. Which um, in which this guy basically it's actually a really interesting story. So this guy sitting in jail, like knew the the Bill of Rights, right? And he said, you know, I can't be unjustly imprisoned. I have the right to a lawyer. And there's the Miranda um, warning that people are yeah. given, you know, when they're when they're actually like arrested that says, you know, if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you. And this guy um, said, you know, I have a right to a lawyer. I have a right to a lawyer. I have a right to a lawyer. So he wrote this United States Supreme court from jail, like hand wrote them and said, I was incarcerated without an attorney. It was a criminal charge. I am being, you know, divested of my freedom. I deserve my day in court and I deserve to have an attorney represent me. And the United States Supreme Court said, you know what? You're not wrong. So he had his day in court and it was, you know, the most amazing attorney they could find for him. And he was defended and he got off, basically. And after that case, every person who's incarcerated has the right to an attorney. But that's only for criminal matters. In civil cases, there's no such case. So it's... Sink or swim. Yeah, so a lot of people go in pro se, which means for yourself, um, as your own attorney, and they have no idea how to file a motion. They have no idea what a complaint or summons is. They -hmm. have no idea um, how to do discovery. They have no idea how to subpoena witnesses. Like, they don't know shit. Yeah. Honestly, as Scooby would say, so <laughs> they say, raw, raw. Like, I defended myself before, and I was able to, you know, I filed discovery so I can get all this stuff, but it was also a really small, just traffic thing. And yeah, and, but what? like, if for example, you're going through a divorce and it's a contentious divorce, and the other side is represented, and you want to get custody of your kids, right? Like, what are you going to do? Because you can't afford a lawyer. And there's no lawyer that's going to be appointed for you. Steal the kids, go to Mexico. Right. Yeah, that's illegal. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't legal advice, but don't do that. (laughs) Uh, What? That's what I would do. This is general (laughs) advice. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Come on. That's good advice. (laughs) I want to go to Cancun, but not not under those circumstances. Family vacation. (laughs) Where's mommy? (laughs) Mommy got mad at us, so she won't be joining forever. (laughs) Cancun. Right? Kids, let's learn Spanish. (laughs) <laughs> Donde está la biblioteca? <laughs> no eres tu mama. <laughs> You're that not is, my mother. That is bad. Not in Spanish, probably. Not. You are not my, my mother. You are not your mother. You are not your mother. <laughs> that is what that means. You are not your mother. Guess well, who's watching reruns of Community? As Hola. Say, Hola. Me llamo Esteca. Donde esta la biblioteca? Okay, I'm done. Yeah. So, that's all. Um, that's all. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. 
for sure. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. No Gideon v. Wainwright for civil matters. So when did this happen? Like this... Gideon v. Wainwright? I think the 60s or 70s. So it's actually pretty modern. Oh, okay. I was thinking pretty like, recent, yeah. Like you know, 1890s or oh, something. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Plenty of people were incarcerated without lawyers because they did not have the money for them. And then the Supreme Court said, uh, yeah, you deserve to be represented if your freedom's on the line. Unfortunately, they don't believe that for civil matters. So if your freedom's on the line, sure. But if you have like a... Getting the getting sh- sued you know yeah if you're getting sued or even if you're um god what's the word uh blah blah, blah not nolo contendere what the fuck am i thinking of nick she, and i are looking at each other <laughs> we do not know anything she's spouting something in latin yeah i know <laughs> she's just, and then a demon rises up and do i smell sulfur <laughs> um so that word that word whatever it is what does it mean uh, <laughs> it, it means it, it well it's latin predictably oh. and it means like show me the proof basically so you can't be imprisoned show me the money yeah no but that's that's all i'm thinking of instead of the actual word uh, <laughs> uh yeah so you can't be imprisoned without adequate evidence against you and i remember that there was a case with a donkey like i had a phone call do you guys remember this was like a while ago no i was talking to that guy on the phone and he called into my work and he was like my pit bulls might have bitten a donkey i didn't tell you guys this story no Uh, so some dogs bitten ass i mean yeah no okay so this guy was like in the middle of fucking egypt schmalerado like nowhere there's an egypt in schmalerado where can we go it's a figure of speech oh the really? period yeah. why go to egypt <laughs> <laughs> well i mean with the power of imagination you can go anywhere oh, um true. but yeah uh and so he had a couple of pit bulls who were gated up in his backyard and this guy like called me at work and he's like do i have a case i want my he- i want help and i was like okay dude you probably have no case but whatever wait how did the donkey get into his yard the donkey didn't get to his yard his neighbors had the donkey and the- he had the pit bulls the pit bulls got out of his yard and attacked the donkey uh, and then his neighbor shot the pit bulls oh right um hmm. so he didn't kill them he shot two well all three of the pit bulls and then two of them stayed and one managed to limp away and the two pit bulls that stayed the neighbor called animal control on them and then they were taken away and then the guy's uh last pit bull came limping home and he looked at the pit bull and he saw the bill- bullet wound but he said i didn't see any donkey blood on her so you know i'd like to see the donkey uh, which led to this hilarious fucking shit, cunt sluts. What's the fucking word? <laughs> uh, wow. You know, if I didn't know any better, it sounds like Maria's on the spot for the word of the day. Uh, <laughs> finally, our revenge. <laughs> Feel what it's like to be stumped. <laughs> I've been stumped plenty of times in class. I know this feeling and I hate it. Anyway, us, whatever that word is, it's a civil thing and it can get someone out of prison, but uh, their criminal, their attorney that's been appointed to them for criminal matters does not have the right to bring that. Um, so, yeah, kind of sucks for them. I'm going to think of this word the second we're not on the air. Okay, well, you know, then we'll re-record just like that one spot so you can say the word. Right, yeah. Just the one word. Except we're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm anyway. so curious, like, th- th- was the donkey hurt? 
Uh, yeah. Well, the pitbulls. I mean, I don't know. The guy never. The guy never actually saw the donkey. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but his pitbulls were gone. Um, so he wanted to move up the court date and also get his pitbulls out of animal control because they were charging him. Yeah. I didn't think he had a case, but I passed along the information just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that court case, you know, a picture of the donkey. Could you show me where on the ass? (laughs) (laughs) It was on the ass ass. (laughs) Bring the donkey into court. What is this? A kangaroo court? We're not in Australia. This is a donkey court. Jackass. Right? Habeas corpus. Habeas corpus. Habeas corpus. That's <laughs> like a very famous word, too. I know, habeas which is embarrassing corpus. why I blanked on it. But anyway, habeas corpus. You can bring a habeas corpus matter to say that there wasn't sufficient evidence to incarcerate you, but that's a civil matter, not a criminal one. Uh, so your civil attorney would have to do it, but you would have to hire someone. And if you can't afford a criminal attorney, odds are you can't afford a civil attorney. So there so, are these... Sorry, what? Oh, I was just saying, so you can't do that when you're pro se? Uh, well, you can, but do you know how to file a habeas corpus defense? Habeas corpus defense. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm just going to do that forever. <laughs> I know. It kind of, it's like keeping the, the memory of Professor Cheever alive a little bit, which is great. Um, yeah, so thanks for that. He <laughs> 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 did kind of have floppy hair like you, too. Could you, like, do, like, a turquoise earring? Could you do that to make yourself look like Professor Cheever? What's that? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Nick, you've got a safety pin, right? Um... No, but there's plenty of sharp things in here. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So where was I going with that? Ah, um, so there is no Gideon v. Wainwright for civil matters. So that means people who want to bring a habeas corpus uh, defense or people who want to, like, have someone have their back in their divorce proceeding or people who... um, are grievously injured in car accidents and for some reason can't get a lawyer to take their case even though they probably should because that's like pretty common for plaintiff side um personal injury attorneys to take but uh if for whatever reason they can't they're just shit out of luck except there are um legal defense like clinics and things like uh drang yeah 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 so uh the Sturm College of Law has one where you can sign up for it and like they'll help you with whatever civil matter you need and it's completely free. They'll um, also help you get off of heroin, right? Obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a clinic, not a counseling service. <laughs> <laughs> Clinics do those things. <laughs> um, there are some in that are there that are publicly funded through a corporation funded by the United States government. Um And their funding allows for 51 attorneys in the state of Colorado, approximately. So about 10% of what we have for the criminal side of things serving the civil side of things, like the same population. And it's not like there are, I mean, 90% fewer cases on the civil side than the criminal side of people who, you know, get into trouble or need Mm -hmm. help and can't afford an attorney. It's just that there isn't any funding for it. And our president, um, President Trump, is actually um, trying uh, cutting funding 
completely like initially he cut all funding to the corporation that provides legal services to indigent people so poor the the people who can't afford an attorney and then um he got a lot of pushback on that so now he is providing like a nominal if the budget before was like 38 million now it's like 3 million to just wrap up the corporation and close it so that part of the federal government funding is completely going away so all of these attorneys who help indigent people with divorce matters with eviction matters a lot of the time um, landlords will go after you know poor people who have paid their rent but the landlord wants to do something else with the place um and all these lawyers that help them now that are that are vastly underfunded and underserved are just disappearing into the ether so there will be no one to help those people <laughs> unless um, they go to the ether yeah that's where they all are yeah well well i'm sure those lawyers are going to be around they just get a different job yeah um in the but, ether. but yeah what will the people do you know um well, obviously no one seems to care about them yeah right they'll the just stop doesn't. having legal problems yeah, well, that's it <laughs> and the thought is if the federal government doesn't provide it the state governments will provide it the feds the feds just don't have the budget for it anymore but uh if the states haven't provided them in the past it's going to take a lot of lobbying and that specific organization is forbidden from lobbying um mm. because with the federal money come a number of regulations regulations federal regulations that are extremely strict so rock in a hard place oh boy um <laughs> which is all kind of culminating into the idea for today's podcast which is the in between places um where lawyers should be able to help but there just aren't enough lawyers or um there are the lawyers there but they're too expensive what do people do? What can we do? Mm. Like, do we look at a a system sort of similar to what England decided on? Canada! Canada. <laughs> do we immigrate? Um, yeah. <laughs> to the ether! Yeah, so I was thinking, and my ethics professor actually mentioned the possibility of this, of like some kind of licensing program for um, people who don't quite want to be lawyers. Ooh. You know, who like don't Mm -hmm. necessarily ever want to go to court or practice criminal law, Mm -hmm. but are willing to help with foreclosure matters or with property matters or. Okay. So it's like, yeah, like the, the tax consultants that are licensed, like, and they kind of act like lawyers, you know, Mm -hmm. enrolled agents, but yeah, it's just a basic quick licensing program that you just have to show, you know, enough about the tax code to be able to practice it in a way yeah to represent someone yeah so yeah i guess there could be like a little rise in that yeah but i mean that's specific to tax you know there isn't well, yeah but like yeah. there could be a system set up for yeah like you know like foreclosure matters or whatever other little civil things yeah but like what do you guys think would that be a more attractive option to law school um I yeah. I don't so see far, yeah. I'm, it's cheaper, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm nodding slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like law school without the pitfalls of law school. You don't get to exercise your law in as is in as many places, but mm-hmm. you know that means we can have specialize. These, yeah, that means we can specialize, and then these people can serve the public good in the places where 
a lot of lawyers don't get the chance to serve because they're too busy strung up in other higher matters. Yeah. You know, and it makes it more accessible for a greater number of people to come in. So, yeah. And I mean, the average law school education right now is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I could buy one Ferrari with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ferrari or law school? You take your pick. Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have way more fun with a Ferrari. Heck, I'd take a Ferrari chopped down the middle over to law school. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody's going to give you funding for a Ferrari. That's the thing. Like, people give you funding for law school because they're like, oh, yeah, one day you'll be able to make a return on this. And it's like, actually, I fucking am not going to be able to unless I get a job right out of school, which is possible, but difficult. Um, but yeah, so the, the type of law education that we're talking about now that exists in this country, like those first classes that I took are required for everyone, right? Like everyone has to have civil procedure. Everyone has to have contracts. Everyone has to take torts. Everyone has to take constitutional law. Everyone has to take property. Everyone has to take, you know, all this fucking shit. Yeah, it's your liberal arts. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, you have the base and you read the history of that area of law. Oh, crim law is the other one. Uh. You you read the history (laughs) of that and you read like all these ridiculous cases where they're fighting over literally a, a fox pelt. And people have been reading this fucking case since oh time God. immemorial. That's Pearson v. Post. That's the first case you read in property, and it's bullshit. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good introduction to the world of law. No, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's literally like these guys are fighting over a dead fox fur. And it went all the way up. To the New York, New York Supreme, well, not the New York Supreme Court, the New York Court of Appeals, which is actually the Supreme Court in New York, mm. which is backwards, I know. Yeah. Well, when was this? Uh, this had to be like not, really not the fucking 1960s. early. No, no, no. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Seventy-five. Some somewhere around there, like early 1800s. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, 70 years ago. Right? No, At least that's no, no, no. good. Yeah. But yeah. like you read these cases from the beginning and, um, like Regina v. Dudley is the first case we read in um, crim law, and that's an English case. Like it's not even American, at all. Yeah, same language. Basically, more or less. Fewer bangers and mash. More like I don't know American stuff. I guess more freedom. Probably more freedom. America. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, all of these things are completely irrelevant. Like, it's helpful to get a general perspective on law and teach you that what you practice is steeped in history and teach you to read stuff that you would never read on your own and distill information from that. But it's ultimately useless to the practice of law. (laughs) You know, like I'm never going to cite Pearson V post ever unless like for some reason someone comes into my office when I'm a lawyer and they have a Fox pelt like they were hunting fox in their backyard. Like it's completely ridiculous. I need legal representation, stat. Yeah, no, I need legal representation because that man killed the fox that I was hunting, and he took my honor. And I'll be like, I'm sorry, dude. The case goes in his direction. First thing we read in property, which is weird. Oh, that's actually. I was just uh, rereading a little bit of the beginning of uh, the Pioneers by James Fenimore Cooper. Yeah. And so, you know, the leather stocking tales mm-hmm. and like the beginning of it is uh, kind of like that because it's uh, there's this. Um, you need to stop the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll have it. <laughs> In case the, the mics didn't pick that up, that was our parrot. Oh, no, it picked him up. Oh, did oh, it? Oh, yeah. oh, good. Our parrot and mascot, El Jefe. El Jefe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> our mascot should be El Jefe in a wig. 
We can get yeah. a wig. Like a, like yeah. 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 A yeah. powdered wig. We should talk to Sarah Menzel, Denver artist, about <laughs> <laughs> changing our logo. <laughs> like, Sarah, thank you so much for this amazing we work. A, we but, need a blue macaw. <laughs> but we need a parrot in it. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. You were reading The well, Pioneers. Yeah, so James Fenimore Cooper is The Pioneers. Like, the um, beginning. He's most well known for The Last of the Mohicans. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is also part of the leather stocking, you know, tales. Mm -hmm. uh, the beginning is like the family is going through the hills of New York or whatever, mm -hmm. and um, they stop on their sled. It's snowing because there's like a deer off in the distance, you know, and the guy pulls out his big old shotgun and he goes to shoot it, but like as he did it, like it jumped away and he missed, and then like a couple other people shoot it mm -hmm. that were off like hidden in the woods. And so there's like a debate on who actually shot it. Mm -hmm. and That's exactly Pearson v. Post. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the uh, judge who was in the sleigh actually shot one of the other people instead of the deer. <laughs> oh. <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I bet J James Fenimore Cooper was like making fun of that case. Well, um, considering that this was, well, when did it, I don't remember when he was writing, but yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. he was. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it oh. was in New York and that's where he was writing. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like the law that they cited for that case went back to Justinian and Theodora. It's like Justinian's code tells us this about property law. And da, 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 da. no, you guys are looking at me shocked. Like that's really the fucking case. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, really? We're citing ancient Byzantine law right now. <laughs> like nobody fucking read that. Like nobody reads Bi like Byzantine. Like what the fuck? Not even you Byzantines read Byzantine law. I know. I think the yeah, I was going to say they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. Yeah. Like they were the taken Sumerians. over by the Ottomans. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was probably written in Greek. Greek was the language of the Byzantine Empire. Sure. Go. Yeah. Well, that's where the Greek Orthodox Church came from. That, yeah, that thing. is true. Long thing. But anyway, yeah, like they're citing fucking Justinian and it's like, this is the basis of American law, fucking Justinian. And uh, there are a lot of weird examples of that kind of thing in law school. So I think that like a licensing program for people who don't want to go through all that shit and just kind of want to write contracts hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Almost sounds like a law trade school. Yeah. Man. If I ever have to get into like a legal thing, I'm definitely gonna use like my citation of like King Solomon and whatever we're fighting over. We're just gonna cut that shit in half, dude. So I'm in family law right now, and can we cut up a child in there? No, no, no. So my my professor's actually a judge, oh, okay. um, and she's amazing, uh, very smart. Yeah, Judge Clark. Uh, who doesn't who doesn't practice or oversee or judge or whatever in Schmalerado? She actually she just travels the ether. She over. she travels Very the cool. ether much like uh, Professor Cheever did, and she said that a lot of the child custody cases like it's come down to one fact, like one thing that leans more in one direction or another, and then she builds her entire decision off of that. And wow. I was just sitting in the back thinking like, have you ever like just threatened to cut the fucking child in half and like seen what happens? <laughs> so much easier I was thinking I was thinking they were gonna cut them hamburger style not hot dogs oh, so someone gets the, the top, the top half, or the bottom, the bottom. <laughs> no, yeah, the bottom half. Don't I don't know answer <laughs> this isn't West Virginia <laughs> what what does that is mean that, that could we unpack that I don't know <laughs> I mean Virginia is it's as moist as it sounds. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you guys see Ed Sheeran saying the word moist? 
What? There's okay. like a video of famous people saying the word moist and Ed Sheeran says it and he like kind of giggles a little. He's like, oh, it's so dirty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> moist? Moist. I don't get it. Moist. A lot it's of a, people think well, moist is a bad word. Yeah. Or really? it just sounds really terrible. Like sexy. And if any of those people are listening to the podcast, they've probably tuned out at this point. Yeah. Too moist for them. <laughs> <laughs> Martyrs and psychopaths. Hashtag moist. 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 Not, I wanted to have problems saying oyster too. Oyster. 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 Oist and moist, moist share yeah. that same sound. What about a moister? A moister. <laughs> What's a moister? <laughs> it's an oyster still in the ocean? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so don't order it off your menus. They don't have it. The walrus and the carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. yeah uh, law school, trade school. That was basically the idea. Um, and there was a Forbes article about this. So. Whoa. Yeah. Do I have to skip their ad to uh, read it? I don't know, but I had it pulled up on my phone to I, reference. Oh, because I have ad That's blocker. That's our intern. That's yeah. the, here's the intern right now. Law schools must restructure. It won't something, 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 something. It won't be easy. Um, and I this was written by F. Mark A. Cohen, a contributor. Yeah, I think they're giving law school an F right now. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Why? Harsh. Because law schools and firms have long had a symbiotic relationship. It's not surprising, then, that they are confo- confronting similar challenges. An outdated model, entrenched stakeholders that oppose change, declining demand, high cost, failure to deploy technology and process project management to promote more efficient delivery of services, high customer dissatisfaction, and customers voting with their feet, which means, like, they Walking leave. out? Yeah. Oh, okay. They walk out and go to the competition. That's totally true. Like, all of that is true. So, law school, you're behind the times, man. Come on, catch up. No, but seriously, and we did a podcast about this, right? We talked to James about this a little bit, mm-hmm. that um, the the model that law schools are following and universities as well, right, is just old. And well, I don't yeah. mean to be all millennial about this, but old is bad, man what it's totally rad no Jive it's a, with it no it's not it's not vintage it's just old <laughs> it's not hip like vintage shit. yeah dude it's not it's not like a record is old it's like i don't know i am trying to think of an uncool old thing see Wench. law school is old and everyone knows about it so Ooh. it's not cool yeah it's like that guy okay it's, so it's like that guy at your party who's a little bit like Oh, older yeah, than everyone who's like guy. wearing a fedora or something and he's like man this was the coolest thing when i was a kid hey kids you want some heroin like <laughs> <laughs> that party's... sounds like me at a party no <laughs> no you're not you don't wear fedoras first Nor of all no, I don't. yeah no, no, I don't. and also you're not really that much older than we are no that's true yeah, yeah. but you're not that guy Okay. But you know the guy I'm talking about, right? I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I have something to work towards. No. <laughs> Those are the cradle robbers. Yeah, dude. Or like they just hang out for a little bit too long in places, you know, because they can't get the hint. And, and I always am afraid I'm that person. Their presence is just... It just moist. It's moist. It's moist. <laughs> <laughs> as clingy as a sunny day in Florida. That's pretty clingy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty clingy. Yeah, a little humid. They yeah, walk around humid. And humid. Humid and moist. <laughs> We're saying some dirty, it's our word dirty of the day. words on here. It's like a sumo wrestler in spandex in a sauna. Moist. Mm. <laughs> that shit'll cling. Some saran wrap right there. Uh, mm. The ball sweat on that. Oh, oh, oh. I just had. Yeah. I had to go.
go there. I don't have balls, but I'm aware of the ball sweat issue. The ball sweat conundrum, as it's been called. Um, <laughs> BSC, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you guys think it's feasible for that kind of thing to change? Because firms are changing a little bit. I mean, I, I think it is feasible, but like, especially a lot with like, you know, politics and stuff, we just need to wait for the old people to die. Um, <laughs> and then take their places. Yeah. It's like a new world. Yeah, yep. basically. Yeah. Um, I know genocide's illegal, but right. that is always a good option. It's illegal on a number of levels. So it's probably illegal at the state level. It's probably illegal at the federal level. And I would say it's probably even illegal at the yes, but international if, level. But all the old people control things. So if we just kill them... Maybe we can change the law. Carl, you can't <laughs> just kill people. <laughs> I have a craving that only hands can satisfy. Oh, <laughs> I... You can't just overthrow the government by genocide. <laughs> this reference is landing somewhere in the shelving over my head. <laughs> uh, llamas with hats. Look llamas with hats. Is this like foot foot? <laughs> no, we'll show you uh, later. Yeah. It's, it's rather dis Think of a psychopathic homicidal llama. The so, sociopathic uh, llama. Yeah, sociopathic llama. Uh, and um, a normal, completely vanilla llama. And they wear hats. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> that sounds cute. One of them does overthrow a small Central American government and then throws the revolutionary leader into a giant fan. <laughs> that sounds um, like actual <laughs> South American <laughs> politics. Yeah. Is this like Augusto Pinochet Viva stuff? Revolution. <laughs> foreshadowing yeah <laughs> a bit. little bit wait so do llamas run the government or do humans no everyone else is humans it's just these two llamas yeah so a llama are the llamas socialists no no they're that they, they, there's so just one random scenario that they're in like they go on a cruise they're at home just doing nothing and it's just you know random things where one's just killing everything yeah huh yeah one of them just doesn't know any better okay well don't do that um yeah, but okay. So, but back to the, back to the podcast. Jesus, burnt faces are just gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think it's possible for the legal profession and the law school kind of mode to to change? Because law schools are making money hand over fist. I mean, yeah, it's super fucking expensive, and the market's very saturated. It's difficult to find clients. All of that is true, but people still keep going to law school, myself included. Yep. So there's some draw. Well, I mean, there's still a lot of money potentially to be had. And yeah, it's definitely outdated. I believe it can change. I mean, everything does change slowly. I mean, law school isn't the same as it was 200 years ago or yeah. whenever it started. Well, there are women allowed now. Yeah, that's, see, that's a big <laughs> yeah. difference. Yeah, I mean, um, even in like the last and like, black 60 people. years. Yeah, and both other people and of black different women. ethnicities. Yeah, 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 and multiple ethnicities. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. All ethnicities are welcome in law school now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's even been as recent as the last 60 years. See, that took a while, but it did happen. Yeah. Right? It just happened slowly because mm -hmm. the old people haven't died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard to have that change happen because in other industries, you know, usually you have some Humpty Dumpty new guy come in and say, you know, we're going to introduce amazon prime and but law but the thing is like lawyers have a monopoly on the legal system right. this is what makes it difficult is because i think law schools have some sort of control over the law mm -hmm. and so if some industry decides to try and 
you know, disrupt it, the the law people be like, oh no, you can't do that because because it's, it's illegal. Because mm-hmm. we said so. Right. We yeah. said so. And we made the rules, so you have to follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Play by our game. <laughs> Get Ex- out. Exterminate. Leave. It's like higher academia. You know, it's just a system. It's a self-perpetuating system. It, right. They breed people like themselves to help perpetuate the thing that they know. So how do you change it? From within. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Lobby from the inside. I mean, I guess that's true. I've already Lobby. made a suggestion. <laughs> I don't think it was a good no, suggestion. No, that was, that was clearly facetious, Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, but that's my opinion. I think you need to get the change from the inside, which mm-hmm. is extraordinarily difficult, but I think it's the only way because... So you have to get a bunch of people on our side convinced, like through some kind of media... That we can, you know, mass produce from a small, like maybe garage, yeah, right? From a garage yeah, garage kind of uh, yeah. scene. Yeah, you, you need an Anakin Skywalker. Oh, so no, we don't need an Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we oh, don't, Nick. Just one of those. We're not taking out 10, the Jedi 000... Council. We're not doing it. <laughs> he took a ten thousand year old tradition uh-huh. and in like a matter of days changed it. <laughs> Guess how he did it. <laughs> yeah, but no. then the fucking empire ruled everything and they destroyed untold numbers of lives. Yeah, but then he killed the emperor. Star made it right Destroyer. Again. <laughs> no, you don't know if we made it right again. You were chosen to disrupt the world of law. You <laughs> <laughs> supported. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the younglings. <laughs> Supposed to kill the oldlings. <laughs> well, he'll kill indiscriminately. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So where are we going with this? Um, <laughs> changing law school from the inside. Yeah. Yep. Changing law school from the inside. I mean, I guess things like this podcast, if we we actually worked on marketing it and people listening to it, Whoa. would be one of those things. Self-deprecation is real, bro. I'm sorry. It's on my personal Facebook. <laughs> self what? I'm what? not blaming you. I'm just saying the self-deprecation is real. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, people listen to us. I mean, yeah. I don't really know, but yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Sure. I believe in you guys out there in the world, in the ether, possibly in another dimension. <laughs> Spread the word, bros. Yeah, dudes. Yeah. Tell like two friends about martyrs and psychopaths Law and start the for- revolution. Yeah. Law yeah. for everyone. Yeah, because, I mean, okay, there's a mass, massively underserved population mm-hmm. of people who need help with civil matters, who are not going to get it, who aren't getting it now, and who are going to get it even less after the president's policies go into effect. Right. And, I mean, that's unfair. Yeah. That's patently unfair. Because uh, what we're the message we're sending by saying that kind of thing is that, you know, liberty and justice for all... Who have if money. You got the cash. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you you can have justice if you have the money to access it. Right. And that's not what our country's founded on, you know? Actually it kinda was. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not what we want our country to be. No. You know? Like regardless of what it was founded on, that's not the future we want. That's not the future I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I don't want I mean, I, I'm the type of person like I want to do my pro bono requirements and I want to help people and I know. I mean, I want to make a little money and I want to pay back my student loans and live comfortably. But like, I don't want to live in a world where the only people who 
will get my services and will get my mind and will get my advice are those who can pay like $300 an hour for it. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't pay that kind of money if I needed a lawyer right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people who could. Yeah, let's be real. Some people barely make $300 a month. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not unusual. And like people who live below the poverty line are getting those services. But there are people who don't qualify for those services right now who aren't getting those services. And they can't afford lawyers either. So what you get is like an, an unbalanced system where one person has access to justice and the other person doesn't. It's an ad- inherently adversarial. And we've created a monopoly. So in other words... Don't go outside. Don't yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. Unless you have money. Exactly. Don't live. Don't yeah. live. You can't you can't afford to live. No. Yeah. It's bleak. So something has to change. Great. Where's my Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> I need my law Anakin. I, or you guys could like look at things on the ballot when you're voting in your different states. Real states. Mm. Not like Schmalerado. <laughs> um, but you can you can say like you can talk to your legislatures legislators and say like you know I want a licensing scheme for quasi lawyers and and if there are enough people asking for it eventually the massive behemoth of law collective whatever it is will have to relax their grip. Yep, law does change. It does slowly. change slowly, but yeah. shortly. Yeah. So get your voice out there because I mean, it's changed. It's changed. Oberfell v. Hodges, right? You are entitled to be married if you're a same sex couple. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, I have no clue what you're like, talking is about. This the fox <laughs> 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 is this the one where you can marry a fox skin? <laughs> it's not even listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's right. that's recent. Right. That's for people who aren't in law school. Mm-hmm. That's how we can change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, states can't outlaw gay sex. That was also within our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And other things that yeah. have changed. Other things yeah, that have changed. Because I've really followed the history of the law. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, a lot has changed in the recent past. Civil um, rights. Yep. Civil rights, yes. And now it's Brown there's more civil rights happening that are changing for, like, transgendered and, you know, homosexual, yeah, homosexual things. I don't know. <laughs> it's becoming more fair slowly. Yes. Yep. Yeah, more even-handed, absolutely. And I think it's a matter of time until law changes as well to have like a license possibly, you know, for like, and tax. I mean, tax is a weird area of law that like nobody really gets into. So there is that necessity more so than mm-hmm. other parts of law, um, to have a quasi tax lawyer, like a tax have, professional. Have you looked at tax code? Nope. Don't. Never. Well, I think no. I saw it on accident the other day because I was researching something for a client. Ooh. I was like, ah, my did eyes. You get cursed? <laughs> <laughs> did blood start pouring out of your sockets? It did. It was really inconvenient <laughs> yep. because I had to stop and get a tissue and then come back, mm-hmm. you know. But some would evaporate due to taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well. That's true. So, I mean, if it exists for tax, maybe it'll exist for, for all kinds of things. Yeah. Like so, habeas corpus cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be good. Yeah. So I think we should be hopeful for this. I think with uh, enough movement, with enough people backing this up, I think this could be a thing and mm-hmm. it would be a very positive change for a law world. 
I yeah. think so too. Yeah. I mean, and even estates could license these mm-hmm. because estates right now license attorneys. Like yeah. every state has to license yeah. an attorney. Well, it's like um, you know, real estate agents. They're basically like uh, small talk, property don't, law don't, lawyer don't kind of things. Start. No, they're brokers. It's well, a little whatever. different. They're but broken they too. they have the right to fill in the contract that some lawyer somewhere wrote for the state. Got it. That's all they can do. Oh. But you're right. They do frequently give legal advice. Like, for example, they'll tell you the, the difference between joint tenants with rights of survivorship and tenants in common, which is the mm-hmm. first question you have on a contract for buying or selling real estate. Ooh. Do you guys want to know the difference? But you're, no. you're not giving legal advice. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm just giving you intellectual advice. Oh, no. my brain no. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the word of the day. Okay. Any word I tell you now cannot be used against you in the future. That's a lie. Yeah, no, it's it true. Because yeah. <laughs> we'll forget. <laughs> we won't even be able to hold you accountable. <laughs> well, there's recorded evidence, guys. Yeah, but we have to dig through it. That's like 10 hours of footage. You guys really don't want to know? Okay, give okay. it to me. All right. Suck it to me. Ah, so um, there are two different ways you can own something. As joint tenants uh, with rights of survivorship or tenants in common. Joint tenants and right- with rights of survivorship, both of them are similar in that. And this is actually something that Professor Cheever taught me. So Aww. using that. Um, both take equal shares, but the way you split them up is different. So um, joint tenants with rights of survivorship take equal shares of a thing. But then when one joint tenant dies, the surviving one takes the entire thing. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. So it's survivor. Tenants in common, they split the thing up in equal parts. And when one of them dies, uh, they pass it on to their descendants. Ah, so it actually kind of stays theirs in a way. Yeah. But to their family. To their heirs. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if they don't have any heirs, it gets kind of complicated because you might, it might escheat. And then you have like the government owning half of your house and you owning the other half. Well, split down the middle. Yeah, because that split makes down sense. Because <laughs> I've seen uh, quite a few deeds, uh, mm-hmm. warranty deeds and whatnot, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not warranty deeds, just deeds. Um, and well, I've seen like the survivor, so- or like tenant and survivability. I was like, what the fuck does this mean? Eh, yeah. I don't care. I'm just yeah. going to shred this in five minutes. Yeah, no, that's what it means. Um, and warranty deeds, actually. So a deed is like your little piece of paper that says i own Mm -hmm. this thing a warranty deed so there's several a special warranty deed is uh more common in commercial law and it says that like i give you the right to have this piece of property like and i warrant that it's free of any defects in title Uh. um from the time when i got it but there are certain warranties that everyone passes along like there are landlord to tenant warranties and there are um, own, like owner to owner warranties. Okay. And you can also have a quick claim deed, which says mm-hmm. like you own this thing, um, but I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing you against any defects to title. But if you have a general warranty deed, that's the most common. Mm. Um, and that has like eight guarantees on the title. Got it. That I can't enumerate right now because I don't remember them all. But oh, that's fine. those are the three different types of deed. Do yeah. you remember the word for the day? I'm I do remember the word of the day. Masochistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for the word of the day. <laughs> so actually, I wrote this down at the start of the podcast, but I don't need it because my memory is getting better because <gasps> beers help my memory. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, the word is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you, <laughs> Thank you, El Jefe. Thank you. 
uh, respondiat superior. Respondiac superior? Respondiat superior. Respondia. Respondiat. Respondiat. Wingardium Leviosa. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like some kind of... Respondiat... Superior. Superior. Respondia. Respondiat. 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 See, the words are just getting harder to even say. (laughs) So is this like Mother Superior? Is this like a nun... In a cloister. What I'm the? looking up and not making eye contact with you two because this is all you. Just like what a nun would do. I know. Sinners. <laughs> oh, God. Is she going to get a ruler and beat us? Respondia superior. Respondiat. Respondiat. Respondiat superior. That sounds like something I have to file to my boss when I want to talk to them. Right? Like, this like, is like the superior form of response. Right? Like, <laughs> I, need, I need your attention now. Send, send the respondiat superior. Stat. <laughs> um... So respondiat, like I want to say something similar to like response, that like, but the person who is entitled to the response, that that is what I am thinking. Okay. Like, like maybe when when you file a claim or something, or if you send something to the judge, the judge has to like respond, and since the judge is your superior, that's respondiat superior. The judge responding to you. I so know. like the superior is like the person in the higher realm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe this is like the chief correspondent for responses. <laughs> maybe. Who also wears a habit? Who also wears a hat? A habit. Oh, <laughs> has a habit. It's not my habit to interrupt, but I'll give you another minute. Well, I think. Do this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like. Stop singing that song. <laughs> Why? You don't like being built up? <laughs> it's echoing in my head and from uh, Can I sing a different song? Well, I think, I don't know. Like, I can't really think yeah, of anything else. That seems to be the best we can come up with. Um, Unless we can think of something different. Respond yet. It's when Anakin talks to the Sith Lord. Yes. Respond. <laughs> respond yet. I respond yet superior, my lord. I have the upper ground. <laughs> <laughs> I need you. Okay, so this is. More than I don't know. Anyone, darling. What do you think? That you I think that's, that that's the best we can come start. up with. And pray that we're at least twenty percent right. Build me up. All right. That was our final answer. What was it? Build me up buttercup. <laughs> Don't break my heart. <laughs> place our heads under the guillotine. <laughs> and await the cold snap Alone, of death. No, the, the chief respondent for the court. Right. Like, 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 the under who's under the chief respondent like, 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 Superior. superior or maybe it's just like the best response maybe it's like the best response <laughs> yeah let's just go with that backtracking yeah best response the yeah. best response final answer give it to us <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're wrong <laughs> surprise um sorry oh. guys i'm sorry no. i'm sorry oh, no. i built you like up buttercups <laughs> i know i should build you up more um so responding at superior is the idea that when you're at work your boss answers for whatever you do because you're acting as an agent of your boss. So 
We were so close. Yeah. yeah uh, kind of. So, like, kind if you're way. in a car accident, for example, and you hit someone else and you are working for your boss at the time, you didn't hit the other person. You're you acting as an agent for your boss hit that person. Mm. Does that mm. make sense? So, so we're like functioning as a limb. Mm-hmm. The of the boss. So respondeat superior is basically like the the boss will answer, right? Basically, right. Oh, it's like the final boss at the end of a video game. Yeah. So all the sub bosses are like you know they're the little limbs. The limbs. Uh-huh. Yeah, the yes. they're working for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You just accurately described the boss system. There's a hierarchy. Yes. Mm. Yes. So um. Or like when you're at a club and the bouncer tells you to leave, it's not just the bouncer telling you to leave, it's... The owner of the club. Exactly, and it's the club itself. Or when I tell people to go to martyrsandpsychopaths.com, it's not just me. No. It's the entire entity. Exactly. And actually, we're probably a partnership because we haven't incorporated and the default is a partnership. Oh. So we all have equal shares in this podcast so what's in our pockets <laughs> that's uh, basically what we got drink or nothing <laughs> little lord of the rings reference to take you on out of here um yeah so that's respondeat superior all right and yeah. that is our podcast and there's another podcast. new wrinkle in the brain there it is there it is all right well thanks for tuning in guys i know you're out there even if i'm sometimes sad about it you may not exist but we do yeah. <laughs> or at least we think we do. We're pretty sure we do. Yeah. We could just be disembodied voices. I hope we don't wake up in a Krispy Kreme. Ow! Nick just poked me. D. Nick oh. poked me. Why does everyone always touch me? To affirm your well, you're closest, yes. Well, first Liz was groping me, and now Nick's poking me. I'm not doing anything. Well, I at know. least we know you're real. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. On that note, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Opinions expressed in Martyrs and Psychopaths are the sole opinions of those who voice them. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be or should be construed as legal advice. We have not received compensation for our implied or express endorsement of any product mentioned here, unless otherwise stated. Our intro and outro music is Brendan Liu's Burned Out. This show would not be possible without the assistance of a few very talented, generous individuals. Denver artist Sarah Menzel created our logo. Nicholas Wagner of Shatterjaws Recording and D. Tran are our sound editors. Original concept created by Kristen and me, Maria. I'm your host and producer. Thanks for tuning in. Every time I see-